0: And turn over to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus's head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, "Rabbi," which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any they're forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails And put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, Working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. If you want to keep it brief, we just say bye. We're not good at lengthy farewells. We might write in a letter, love, or in Christ. Or we might say in person, see ya, take care, catch you later. Many letters in the New Testament end with farewell words. And they are called benedictions. That's what we call them. Bene means good, diction is words, good words, words of blessing, benedictions. They tend to be longer than what we use today, and Hebrews here ends with these two verses in chapter 13, verse 20 and 21, and many consider these words to be the best and most beautiful words Goodbye in the entire Bible. Verse 20, he begins, he says, Now may the God of peace. May the God of peace. This doesn't mean that God is peaceful. What it means is that God is the one who gives peace. It's a genitive in the Greek. God gives peace. The human race doesn't have peace with God. They don't have Christ. The Bible says there's no peace for the wicked. The Bible says, but the wicked are like the tossing of the sea that cannot be quiet. Its waters rise in the mire and the dirt. The prophet Jeremiah, we find these words of those who are greedy for unjust gain. They say, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. They have forgotten how to blush. He says, they say peace, but there's no peace. Today, there are so many who are desperate who are searching for something, for some measure of peace. And our culture tells them to look inward to find peace. And they don't find it. They don't find it inward. They don't find it in their emotions, in their feelings, in their thoughts, in their pursuit of pleasures. Their anxiety grows and and there's no peace. Maybe that's why you're here this morning. Because you have, and you sense it. You have no peace. We have peace with God. God has given us peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to look outward, you see, for the solution to having no peace with God. We look outward, not inward. We look to Jesus Christ. We were opposed to God. We were at enmity against God. We're in rebellion against God in our sinfulness. But the scripture tells us God has reconciled. He's brought peace through the death and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that at the various stages of Jesus's life here on earth the word peace is used so often to define his ministry from the very beginning when the angels in the incarnation when the angels praise God glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased peace just before the suffering of Christ that's He came into Jerusalem. They laid the palm reeds down. And they said. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. And glory in the highest. And then of course. After Jesus' resurrection. When the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Were with Jesus not understanding. They recognized Jesus. When he said peace. To you. My mother was at a desperate time in her life and she had been walking the streets of our town, praying to God, looking for that peace with God. She's praying to God, God, do you really hear? God, do you really care? God, are you really there? My, My mother knew about God But she didn't know God. She had no peace. And as she poured out her heart to God, she passed a window display. And in that display, there was a book. And it was by by Billy Graham. And the book's title was Peace with God. So she took that as an answer to prayer and she got the book and she learned that all have sinned and and that we're in rebellion against God and that in grace and favor God sent his son to carry our sin and sin's penalty, to heal our relationships, to bring peace where once there was war, God is the one who gives peace. Jesus would say, in that final meal he had with his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Peace I leave with you. And he said, I have said these things that you might know that you have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I, I, I'm the peacemaker. Young people here this morning you live in a world that is in turmoil you are going to be coming into full adulthood in a world that has war and decadence and celebrates perverse things and celebrates distractions and you're coming to adulthood in a world that tells you to look inward for answers when you need to look outward to, to God through Jesus Christ. You need peace with God. We're taken here in, this, in these good words, we're taken to the only reference to resurrection in the book of Hebrews. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Literally, who, who led up Jesus from the dead? <laughs> there is a reference here going on to, to a passage in the book of Isaiah where Moses led up the people through the, through the, de- the sea that was parted, if you remember, and, and led the shepherds up, the shepherds of Israel, up through the water. So Jesus is again being shown as a greater Moses here. Uh, He, the father brought up, led up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, covenant. The father led up the son from the realm of the dead and the son goes before the people of God, the sheep of God. the the metaphor there of sheep as the great shepherd. And that means that we who have put our faith in this Jesus and follow him as his sheep, that we will be raised as sons and daughters brought to glory. You're familiar with the shepherd metaphor, of course, the Lord is my shepherd and David was a shepherd, that whole metaphor, Jesus draws on this frequently to describe himself and his own ministry, the great shepherd of the sheep here we read. It is a metaphor that's very very tender. It's a metaphor of, that's very caring and very protective. He's a shepherd, he's not any old shepherd Jesus describes himself in the gospel of John as the good shepherd, the good shepherd. And he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me and I lay down my life for them. He's drawing on that metaphor of how shepherds would gather together on some hill and overlooking their flocks and the flocks would all intermingle the sheep would all mix up and whose sheep was whose sheep and and they knew the they knew the voice of their shepherd when their shepherd called they came forth and so that is what Jesus is drawing from when he says my sheep know my my uh, I know my sheep by name and lead them out the sheep follow me They know my voice. A stranger they will not follow. And they will flee from him. They won't follow the voice of strange shepherds. They'll follow the voice of the good shepherd. And when the wolf comes, it's the the shepherd, the good shepherd's job to protect the sheep, even to give his life. And Jesus says, I gave my life for his sheep. So there is a flock in this metaphor that is God's. And there's no possibility anyone's forgotten or left out or missed because his sheep hear his voice and he calls them out by name. And so he is the good shepherd and scripture also teaches that he is the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd in the book of Peter And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he'll receive a crown of glory that fades not away. And this is speaking about the coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming, his return, and that he will come for his sheep, his flock. He will grant them eternal life, the crown of glory that never fades away. The lamb is in the midst of the throne and will be their shepherd, the scripture says, and he'll guide them to springs of living water. And he'll wipe every tear from their eyes. The Bible says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. And here he says that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. The great shepherd. He was brought or led out of death, out of death. by by the Father, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. He's the great shepherd because the Father led him out and he was raised, resurrected. Death was conquered. He's the firstborn from the dead. He arose. The tomb was empty. The great shepherd lives, sits at the right hand of the Father, And it's because he lives that we have the promise that we too will live. That we will be resurrected. That we have a future because of Jesus Christ. That resurrection lies before us. The great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus has lost none that the father has given to him. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so the good shepherd dies for the sheep. He protects them, provides for them. The great shepherd is risen from the dead. And the promise that in him all will be raised, who follow him, who are of his flock. And he is the chief shepherd, the one who is coming again. And it's all by the blood, we read here in verse 20, by the blood of the eternal covenant. The blood of Jesus Christ accomplishes completely our salvation forever and ever and ever. It's almost like another exodus is being portrayed here where the the sheep of God come out redeemed They're led out of sin and death to our resurrection all because of his blood that cleanses our sin that purifies us sanctifies us. And so we discover that these good words this benediction and this farewell that's given to us here is actually a prayer in verse 21, because he's praying to the God of peace. And he says, in verse 21, to equip you with everything good, that you may do his will working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Here we find the very purpose of our lives. And brothers and sisters, this would be a wonderful verse to remember because it gives you purpose and meaning and, 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 and a goal. He's given us everything we need, you see. Everything good that we might actually do his will. Whether you're at school, at high school, whether you're in the workplace or at home, you, you have his will to accomplish, his ways to seek out. And He's given you everything you need to do that and to be pleasing in his sight. To look beyond all that, self and feelings and all that looking inward and instead looking outward how can I bless those around me how can I do his will what deeds does Jesus have for me today the goal of Christian life to obey God and to do what's pleasing in his sight to do his will my six year old granddaughter this week. She was working out some big questions in her mind about life and she was sitting at the table and she told me, first comes a baby and then you're a teenager and then really old people, she said. And I said, what's after that? She said, "It's then it's heaven. And at that her eyes welled up with tears. She said, I don't want you and grandma to go to heaven yet. I said, I guess that means we're really old. (laughs) She nodded her head. Next step. Heaven. Glory. The resurrection to come. It's safe to die when you have peace with God. God saves us. God resurrects us. He's going to resurrect us. God will come for us. And even now he has equipped us to live this life in a way that is meaningful and purposeful and pleasing to him. It's safe to die. You know, my mom read that book and put her faith in Jesus Christ. She repented of her sins and put her faith in Jesus. She believed in Jesus and his sacrifice for her and his resurrection. And it's safe for my mom to die. She's 89 and she not long, recently had a stroke and it might not be very long before we say goodbye but it's safe for her. Because our confidence is in the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit, in life and in death. Goodbye. Goodbye in this life means welcome in the next. Welcome home, thou good and Faithful servant, welcome to the fullness of the kingdom of God. Welcome to all the promises of God. Put your faith in Jesus Christ if you haven't. Receive forgiveness for your sins and and be cleansed and washed clean. And and then live a life of purpose and meaning, seeking out his will, doing his will. Stop looking inward and look outward to Jesus, and you'll be safe in the flock of God, and Jesus will be your shepherd and lead you home. And he says, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever, amen.